Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Leah, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Tuesday, December 25th, 2012, and today we're reading from Chapter 6, Into Action. You'll find us on page 86, the second full paragraph, beginning with, On Awakening, Let Us Think About the 24 Hours Ahead. Today's readers are Deb W., Marsha, Eddie, and Paula. The share code for yesterday's meeting, Monday, December 24th, 3559. OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. This meeting's primary purpose is to abstain, to recover from compulsive overeating, and to carry this message of recovery to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now call on Hoodie to read the 12 steps. Hi, Leah. This is, good morning. This is Hoodie, compulsive overeater and grateful for, the, for your service. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except what to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought the prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to other compulsive readers and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Hoodie. I will now call on Patricia to read the 12 traditions. I'm Patricia. I'm from uh, com- Recovered Compulsive Overeater. The tw- uh, 12 traditions. Our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. For our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority. In loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience, our leaders are but trusted servants they do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or AA as a, I mean, OA as a whole. Five, 
Each group has but one primary purpose, to carry the message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, OA Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me read. Thank you, Patricia. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, Everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book. You'll find us in Chapter 6, Into Action, on page 86, the second full paragraph beginning with, On Awakening, Let Us Think About the 24 Hours Ahead. And I will ask Deb W. to begin reading. Good morning, Leah. Good morning, A Vision for You. My name is Deb. I'm a compulsive overeater from Michigan. On awakening, let us think about the 24 hours ahead. We consider our plans for the day. Before we begin, we ask God to direct our thinking, especially asking that it be divorced from self-pity, dishonest, or self-seeking motives. Under these conditions, we can employ our mental faculties with assurance, for after all, God gave us brains to use. Our thought life will be placed on a much higher plane when our thinking is cleared of wrong motives. This is awesome. I'm going to recap here a little bit. We are into action, and we're talking about the 11th step. And the 11th step says, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. So the paragraph before that, it was talking about how we retire at night. And now here it is. In the morning, how awesome is this? On awakening, here we are considering the big book. Um, 
and we consider our plans for the day. I remember back in disease just being so absolute about, okay, I have to get this done, I have to do that or whatever. And when things didn't go my way, um, oh, everybody around me, <laughs> um, you know, they really struggled because um, it was my wrath that would, you know, then play out because I um, didn't get my way. And I just love how it just says, that it, you know, this is a program of freedom. Once we've gone through these steps and you're up to step 11, on awakening, let us think about the 24 hours ahead. We consider our plans for the day. And we ask, um, before we begin, we ask God to direct our thinking, especially asking that it be divorced from self-pity, dishonest, or self-seeking motives. See, that was the thing. I had self-pity, dishonesty, and self-seeking motives going on before. And when my plans didn't go my way, that's what would happen is everybody would, um, you know, just struggle around me because um, things weren't going my way. We ask God to direct our thinking, especially asking that it be divorced from self-pity, dishonest, or self-seeking motives. Under these conditions, we can employ our mental faculties with assurance, for after all, God gave us brains to use. Our thought life will be placed on a much higher plane when our thinking is cleared of wrong motives. Because my my thinking is clear of wrong motives today, when things don't go my way from you know outside influences or whatever it may be, it doesn't matter. The point is, is I can ask God for the next right thought and the next right action. We ask God to direct our thinking. In the very beginning, we start out the day. We ask God to direct our thinking. We, you know, of course you can't, you can't just live your life and just say, okay, whatever happens, happens, and you don't do the footwork. Of course you do that. But you keep in mind that it's God that directs our path for the day. It's not anything that we propel in our life. It's what God does with us. And um, with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Deb. Anyone else on this paragraph? This is Kim. Kim, good morning. This good is morning, Janet. Kim and good then morning. Janet. Sorry. Good morning, Leia. Good morning, my fellows. Uh, my name is Kim, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Um, upon awakening, you know, I have to say, this, this meeting is part of my upon awakening. This meeting is what helps me remember what my purpose is today. My purpose is to be maximum use to my friend, to my fellows, and to God. So it says here, before we begin our day. So I don't get into the, into the, uh, the whirlwind of things I have to do today before I put myself in alignment with God's will. So it says, before we begin our day, we ask God to direct our thinking. So God is going to be directing our thinking. What do we say in this line all the time? All thought, all action is born in thought. So if we ask God to direct our thinking, then I'm going to be looking into God's will and not into what Kim thinks should happen in order for the world to be okay. And it continues, especially asking it to be divorced from self-pity, dishonest, and self-seeking motives. And what does divorce mean? Divorce means to separate from something we at, at one point were connected with, at one point we loved. That's why we have to get divorced from something. So I have to recognize that self-pity, dishonesty, and self-seeking motives were things that I loved. It was things that caused me pain, but it was things that I absolutely loved. 
And how do we originally get divorced from these? From working steps four through nine. In steps four through nine, we look at our self-pity, our dishonesty, our self-seeking motives, our fears. And now that we recognize that that was what separated us from God, that's what separated us from being useful to God and our fellows, that every morning we ask God to help us to be divorced, help us to be separated from self-pity, dishonesty, and self-seeking motives. We ask God to direct our thinking so that we can go into this day and be of maximum service to God and our fellows. And we do this before the day begins. Because once Kim's in charge, I'm in big trouble. Once Kim thinks she knows what should happen, I'm in big trouble. Once Kim's self-will gets in front of everything, I'm in trouble. So today and every day, I begin my day asking God to direct by thinking especially asking it to be divorced, to be separated from self-pity, dishonesty, and self-seeking motives. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. And now Janice, please. Good morning. Good morning, Leah. Good morning, Vision for You. My name is Janice. I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. You know, it, it gave us some really good directions here on what to do at night you know, what to do at night. So here we are now in the morning. I open my eyes and I say, oh, thank you, God, another day, another day, another day of recovery. And, you know, what it's instructing me to do here, it says, let us think about the 24 hours ahead. You know, let me prepare my spiritual self. You know, just like I would prepare my physical self you know, it's just like I was going to brush my teeth this morning because it doesn't work to only brush my teeth yesterday. It doesn't carry over. It doesn't carry over. So I'm going to prepare my spiritual self here. And I might be thinking about the day ahead. I might be thinking about my plans for the day. But it gives me some great directions here. It says, before we begin, we ask God to direct our thinking We ask God to direct our thinking. You know, what a great release and what a great release that is right away in the morning. You know, I have this little prayer that I say every day, God, reveal to me, guide me, educate me, show me the ways of love. You know, that's that's how I ask God to direct my thinking. Because I have, I'm one of those people, I don't know, maybe you are too, but I'm one of those people, I have a certain kind of nervous system. You know, I have a certain kind of nervous system that was always prone to restless, irritable, and discontent. But if I've had this personality change sufficient to bring about recovery, then that has to be nurtured. It has to be turned over every day. I have to always remember who and what the power source is. You know, that it is this universal greater power of love, this God of my understanding that's going to be able to give me the courage to face this day only. So it says that I ask that it be divorced from self-pity, dishonest, or self-seeking motives. You know, let me be on the beam here. Let me be on the OA beam here and be reminded of who I am and what I'm up against. Because it says under these conditions, we can employ our mental faculties with assurance. But I think I have to employ all my mental faculties 
you know, every part of me gets turned over to that power, that greater power, so that I can be directed on all fronts, on all fronts. Because then my thought life, when it's placed on that kind of a plane, on that higher plane, then it can be directed, it says, with assurance, you know, with assurance. And I'll be cleared of all wrong motives and the channel will be open. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Janice. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? This is Paula, may I ask you? Of course. Thank you. This would be Paula, Compulsive Vida, Recovered. I'm going to scoot on down to that bottom line. There are two two places in this in this paragraph where it uses the word motives. We are driven by our motives. Be clear on that. It says our thought life. Now it starts there. It always does and it always will. Our thought life will be placed on a much higher plane when our thinking is cleared of wrong motives. You know, to be on a higher plane, that's it. You know, I'm not, if I do not follow and I do not do that review in the end of the evening, that's not how I'm going to wake up. I am on a higher plane. And it says, wait a minute, your thought life will be placed, placed on a higher plane by God himself. I do my part. And it says clearly, cleared of wrong motives. And does it not say? It'll even be even clearer yet. It tells you what the wrong motives are. There you go. Self-pity, dishonest, or self-seeking motives. Those even clearer, the wrong motives. And they will begin and they will take you where they want to go. That's why we need to be very clear and ask God for directions. Direct our thinking, because thus will I follow. I follow my thinking. And I just keep looking at this, and I say, on awakening. Gee, ain't that grand? On awakening. Following these directions, we can awaken. We can look at this clearly, and we can see, oh, I'm a thinking my motives aren't really what they should be. But see, here again, the guidance system is on. All through the other paragraph before and the paragraph here, we ask God, we ask God, we inquire of God. Thank you for allowing me to share with that. I do pass. Thank you, Paula. Anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? This is Good morning, it's Margaret. Margaret and... The other person, I'm sorry, I didn't catch you. Sarah. 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 Thank you. Margaret and Sarah. Good morning, Leigh. Good morning, uh, Vision, for you. I just, uh, you know, I want to go back to page 85 for one second and one sentence. If these are thoughts which must go with us constantly, we can exercise our willpower along this line all we wish. It is the proper use of the will. And I think, of course, it was on this line that, you know, I was taught that my willpower was useful. You know, I, you know, always thought, oh, my will was just, you know, a mess. That's what was causing me all my problems. But, you know, to begin to really realize that my willpower is really, really useful in realigning myself with God's vision is just, is just a miraculous thing, you know, because it is a force of my will that, you know, I have to be do, using to wake up and to immediately begin to think about the 24 hours ahead and consider my plans for 
for the day. And this is the big one for me because it's like consider our plans for the day, but before we begin, we ask God to direct our thinking. I mean, that is really, for me, an act of my will because let's go to my feelings. I'll just go on my merry old way and do what I think and what I do. But when I think of that sentence, there's two sentences, you know, the one about that my willpower is useful here to redirect, to realign myself, to recalculate as uh, we're taught here, you know, and to use my will to really slow down and ask God to direct my thinking. And then, of course, it goes on, especially asking that it be divorced from self-pity, dishonest, or self-seeking motives. Um, yeah, just a wonderful way to live. It's not an easy way to di- way to live. You know, it is that spiritual muscle that I have to be working every day, and it has to begin when I put my feet on the ground and, and I pass things. Thanks, Margaret. And now Sarah, please. Good morning. This is Sarah, recovered compulsive overeater. I love this paragraph and the rest in this whole section. I have such a warm place in my heart because when I first started doing the steps and I was inside, I was so restless, irritable, and discontent, and I just felt drowning in the world. I was in the quicksand. Um, my sponsor had told me um, that even though this is by step 11, I was to read this. I was to read from on awakening until the end every single day for 30 days before beginning my steps because I was so embedded in my own self-centered thinking, I couldn't even see, you know, the path to do this under God's direction. I was just so, just so in the abyss, and I needed to lift my thinking to a higher plane. It says, under these conditions, we can employ our mental faculties for assurance, for after all, God gave us brains to use. Our thought life will be placed on a much higher plane when our thinking is cleared of wrong motives. I needed to clear my thinking of wrong motives before even beginning the steps so that I could do them, just not to just get them out of the way, but to clear them out of my whole, out of my whole, my whole consciousness needed to be changed. You know, I could do the same act, but I can do it on a lower plane of thinking or I can do it on a higher plane of thinking. And this instructs me that when I live um, my hi- on a higher plane of thinking, I can use my brains. You know, I, I can't, you know, I, I, I can't let go of the, of the power of the, of the brain that God gave me. Like, you know, I have a brain and I need to use it. I need to, it was, I was so, so stuck in the mire. It was, it was, it was so bad that I needed to lift my thinking to, to see like, okay, then I'm, I'm embarking on these steps. Um, I'm going to a new place. I'm going to a new place. And so now, like, you know, at the end, you know, step 10 is a review of, and is, is a constant renewal of steps four through nine. This, like, just makes me feel like I'm going back all the way to the beginning. That, and, and then I used to read this. I would read this. I read this for 30 days, and I was still in the mire. And I asked, why am I still in the mire? Well, because the instructions are to actually do this and just not read this. You actually need to do it. So I have, you know, we ask God, these, these are clear-cut instructions. 
when we retire at night on awakening, this is giving me clear-cut instructions on how to live my life, on what do I need to do, what do I need to do. Because sometimes, you know, I've, I've been in big book studies and I've read and, and you know, it's, we talk about concepts and ideas, but there's also very clear instructions on what am I going to incorporate into my day that my thinking will be on a higher plane, on a new plane, and I could become a humble servant of my creator. And nothing better than that. That I'll pass. Thank you, Sora. Anyone else? This is Varad. Varad, go ahead. Thank you. This is Varad, the recovered compulsive overeater. Um, I really think that this whole program is about humbling myself more and more and more and more. I used to think that I'm going to be conquering belief, conquering, I'm going to be part of the winners. Maybe I'm going to be God himself, and this is part of the illness. And I have to be reminded every day that I'm human, and I'm always going to be human. And I'm subject for life, of life. And I can make mistakes, and I probably will make mistakes. But I can assure myself, if I follow these directions, that I'm going to go on a better path. And it reminds me that step 10, 11, and 12 are ongoing as long as I live. And if I wake up in the morning and I choose not to approach God immediately, I'm facing trouble. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you so much. My name is Leah. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I, too, would like to comment on this. It says, on awakening, let us think about the 24 hours ahead. Just this alone is a discipline for someone like me (laughs) to stay in the now, you know, to stay in the now. Where can I be useful? Where can I be helpful? It's right here, right between that that clap. You know, I'm here. I have no idea what my future is going to bring, but I do have the 24 hours ahead. God, you know, let me be uh, your servant today. Let me, you know, uh, be aligned with you and your wishes for me today, today. I don't know about tomorrow, but today, let me be able to be that loyal servant. It says we consider our plans for the day Before we begin, we ask God to direct our thinking, especially asking that it be divorced from self-pity, dishonest, or self-seeking motives. We ask God to direct our thinking. The point of all this is to take my thinking to a different level because it's it's my thinking that disturbs me. So this program of recovery, I like to to think of it as the art of remaining undisturbed. I have the opportunity to remain undisturbed if I follow these directions because my whole reality only exists in my mind. And if my mind constantly tells me to worry or be anxious about something, then it will just go on that groove. But meditation and prayer If I ask God to direct my thinking, meditation and prayer are these techniques that interrupt my mind. They shut it up. They allow me to have a break. Just like for a long, long time, the contents of a cellophane bag allowed my mind to shut up. Well, now I have a design for living, a design for living where God 
God is my director. We ask God to direct our thinking because without that director of God, um, I'm alone in my mind and I am truly outnumbered <laughs> because unsupervised, my mind consists of, of like a rowdy, unorganized, talkative group of personalities. You know, the committee is in session and they have no apparent plan or sense of direction. And I, and I can travel through life uh, like a crowded tour bus with no driver. But if I ask God to be the bus driver, if I ask God to direct my thinking, then I have an opportunity. I have an opportunity to transcend my mind and be led by a spirit-guided mind. Because all, all action is born in thought. So all my problems today are thinking problems. I don't even have a problem unless I think I do. If I think I have a problem, I have a problem. If I don't think I have a problem, I don't have a problem. It all exists in my mind, you know. Um, but if I can transcend my mind and, and align myself with God, it says under these conditions, we can employ our mental faculties with assurance, for after all, God gave us brains to use. God gave me jobs to do. You know, when I came here, uh, I was filled with, Self-pity, dishonesty, self-seeking motives. And because of those conditions in my mind, that always eventually led me back to the bakery box. But through these action steps, my mind can now be transformed and I can have different mental conditions. And all action is born in thought. You know, that's why the greater aspect of my disease resides in my mind. If my thinking is in harmony with God, then I have an opportunity to be in harmony with you. And I have an opportunity to be in harmony with myself. It says our thought life will be placed on a much higher plane when our thinking is cleared of wrong motives. These principles of this program give me a guide to living, a guide to living. It gives me an opportunity to live a more, a richer life, a life that is in alignment with God. These steps open a channel where I can have a new perspective on the world, a new vision. And with that, I pass. Anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? This is Lois. Could I share? Of course, Lois. This is Katie. Oh, I just wanted to comment. Uh, you know, there's been everything has been said, and it's so. It, it, when I, I just get overwhelmed at the miracle of this this total program and the and the and the um, progression of how it how our um, how our recovery is laid out for us. You know, we have the a disease which was progressive, and then the progressiveness of this recovery plan is still, you know, amazing to me. I'm still overwhelmed by the, by the uh, brilliance of it. And, uh, but what I wanted to say was, I, th- I just forgot what I was going to say. For me, for me, this is where uh, on a daily, this is called interaction, this, this chapter. And this is where when I begin to practice on a daily basis, you know, the discipline upon awakening, which is burned into my brain, thank you, God, is, um, is where my mind is being transformed you know, on a daily basis. Each day that I practice this, you know, I'm I'm gaining a little bit more. 
experience. You know, I can I can learn it intellectually, but this is where I experience it daily. And and in that, when I do as I experience my recovery plan every day, and and put this into practice with God's help, I am being transformed. I don't know that as it's happening, but then you know something will come along, and I will realize that you know God is doing for me what I can't do for myself. And my self-centeredness and my selfishness is is becoming weaker, and my spiritual principles are becoming uh, more more um, easy easier for me as he transforms me. So I humbly ask him daily, you know, to remove these defects of character. So thank you, and I'll pass. Thank you. And Katie, please. Hi, I'm Katie, a compulsive overeater. Um, well, I think the thing that's amazing to me is that on awakening, we think about the 24 hours ahead because it used to be that on awakening, I would wake up and I'd be like, ah, oh, a new day, and then I would have this remorse and sick feeling of memory of the awful day before. And I don't have to do that anymore. I don't live that way. I don't go to bed at night um, with, with wreckage happening around me. And so, you know, I wake up in the morning and I put the day ahead of me. Um, but, you know, someone earlier shared that, um, you know, that they have used to have their own agendas and they, you know, everybody would pay the price. Well, well, I, I still have to do that. I still have to, I, I write out my own agenda, but then I have to put in there, thy will, not mine, be done. Because, you know, God, God made us all a very productive, for myself, a very productive individual. Um, in recovery, I'm very productive, but I can't let that productiveness be ahead of um, God's plan. I have to allow God to intertwine um, and let life happen on life's terms, and that this is um, this is how we do that. We let God direct our thinking, and you know things don't always go exactly the way I want. Just because I'm abstinent, just because I'm living this 12-step way of life, just because I get on my knees, just because I do all these right actions, everything is still not perfect. And it never will be. And this is how we live in the grayness of people, the grayness of life, that it's not always my way. And, uh, you know, I'm not so perfect that, that I don't have you know, wrong motives and wrong thinking and too high expectations of those around me. But God is the one who puts me back in the right um, footing. And I'm just so grateful that I don't have to um, to run on self-will, run riot today, and I don't wake up with um, regret and remorse from the day before. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Katie. Now let's move on to the next paragraph with Marsha, please. Star one to unmute, Marsha. Oh, sorry. Good morning. I'm Marsha. I'm a compulsive overeater. Recovered today. Thank you, God. In thinking about our day, we may face indecision. 
we may not be able to determine which course to take. Here we ask God for inspiration, an intuitive thought or a decision. We relax and take it easy. We don't struggle. We are often surprised how the right answers come after we have tried this for a while. What used to be the hunch or the occasional inspiration gradually becomes a working part of the mind. Being still inexperienced and having just made conscious contact with God, it is not probable that we are going to be inspired at all times. We might pay for this presumption in all sorts of absurd actions and ideas. Nevertheless, we find that our thinking will, as time passes, be more and more on the plane of of inspiration. We come to rely upon it. This is a wonderful paragraph. When Bill writes about this, uh, um, he's talking about what he himself has has experienced while he was working through this, that that as we go through our day, we are still going to be running into situations and people and and circumstances that that are going to cause us to 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 have to sit back and go, okay, what do I do now? Whereas before, my my experience was I would just run headlong into you know whatever my best thinking was at the time, and and my best thinking at the time was not exactly uh, on point all the time. And, um, but in this situation, I mean, we're still living in, in a world where there are, um, there are going to be times when we're going to be confused or, or, or we're not sure what to do. But we're at the point where we are enlarging our spiritual lives, where we are plugging in daily to a power greater than ourselves to guide our thinking. Whereas before, as as it was said before, I always plugged into the food to help me not deal with something or to or 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 to not deal with it properly. Where now I have to plug into a power greater than I am, so that I can deal with things properly, so that I don't have to make an amends at the end of it all. Um, this is this is the whole point. We are we are enlarging our spiritual lives now. We are working towards, or this is progress, not perfection. I'm I'm, I'm not going to be perfect. Things are going to happen. I'm not going to make the best decisions sometimes, but I'm better at it than I was, and and it's because I have sat back and I've been quieter about what I should do, and that's that's a miracle. I. I I can sit in a meeting where there are people and, and there are things going on and I can be quiet and I can ask God, I can bring God into that situation to help me to, to direct my thinking towards something that's productive. Before I was kind of a smart aleck. I would, I would, I would say something you know, off the cuff or try to make a joke when maybe it wasn't exactly appropriate to do so. But because God is in my life now, I am quieter. I'm not perfect. I, I, I make mistakes, and, and but I do know, that I, and it has happened for me, when I have sat back and, and I've become quiet and I've relaxed and I've allowed God into the situation, then things just naturally are better. They just, they just, they just are better because I am not injecting myself into this. And I think that's one of the, uh, the the most wonderful parts of recovery for me has been just sitting back and letting God do what God does for, in my life. It's 
far better than what I've done. Um, I love this instruction. This is a wonderful paragraph of instruction and experience that Bill has had. This is what he's experienced. Um, yes, it's, he's essentially saying this is where we are. We're, we're, we're human. We don't always have the inspiration at times, but we keep working for it because eventually it just comes more and more. And I love this paragraph. I love this step. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Marcia. And anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? This is Janice. Go ahead, Janice. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Leah. You know, I have written in my book, page 13, in Bill's story. And if you don't mind, I'm going to read. This is what Bill said about it in his own story. I was to test my thinking by my new God consciousness within. Common sense would thus become uncommon sense. I was to sit quietly when in doubt, asking only for direction and strength to meet my problems as he would have me. Never was I to pray for myself, except as my requests bore on my usefulness to others. Then only might I expect to receive, but that would be in great measure. My friend Ebby promised when these things were done, I would enter upon a new relationship with my creator, that I would have the elements of a way of living which answered all my problems. Belief in the power of God plus enough willingness, honesty, and humility to establish and maintain the new order of things were the essential requirements. And, you know, I'm so grateful that Bill talked about that in his own story. You know, in thinking about our day, we may face indecision, but it's going to be a place where I can test my thinking in this new God-conscious place that I'm at. You know, it says that there's a long period of reconstruction ahead. You know, it, it, it told us that it was not an overnight matter, that it could continue for our lifetime, this kind of thing I'm going to practice. And, and I need to keep practice, practice, practice in the forefront, that I'm not going to do things perfectly, that just because I have now arrived at step 11, now that I'm feeling this flow of the spirit, this God consciousness within me, everything isn't going to go perfectly well according to Janice's demands and specifications. I'm still going to have to do a lot of surrendering, a lot of surrendering. But God's power with my power, oh my my goodness, so much better than it ever was when I was trying to run things myself. Because now... I have this inspired thinking that might happen for me. And it doesn't happen all the time in the beginning. But as we go on, it says we can rely that it will come more and more and more the more we practice. You know, what a, what a great, great reassurance to me that as long as I kept on this path and kept practicing this, that I could come to rely on it more and more. That it was going to make, start making more and more sense to me. Common sense would become uncommon sense. And that if I was doubtful, if I was fearful, if I got to that place where I just didn't quite know or couldn't quite see, that I could pray, that I could ask God, ask God, quiet my own mind and ask God. I like to say to myself, God is in every breath and take a deep breath. And then it seems like the answers will come. And they might always, you know, sometimes I stumble and fumble and bumble around, 
but I'm on the straight and narrow course. I'm up out of the ditch, and I'm, I'm trying to operate on this higher plane. And then I can see new possibilities and new ways of thinking and new ways of acting on life. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Janice. Anybody else like to comment on this paragraph? This is Liz. I'd like to share. Go ahead. Hi, this is Liz L., and I'm a compulsive eater. And um, this ended here. We ask God for inspiration and intuitive thought or decision. We relax and take it easy. We don't struggle. And that's um, I always struggle to fight, um, fight everyone and anything. And it says we stop fighting everyone and everything. And um, what I realized is, you know, I ask God for God's help, but it's God's timing when the decision to, when the answer to my problem or the situation um, is going to come. I can't force it to happen. And this is where I have to have faith. I have to stop struggling, have to stop fighting, and having faith that God will give me um, what I'll need, not what I want, but what I need. And thank you. I'll pass. Thank you, Liz. Anyone else? This is Kim. Kim, go ahead. Good morning again, everyone. This part here always makes me smile and kind of giggle. It says, being still in experience and having just made conscious contact with God, it is not probable that we are going to be inspired at all times. We might pay for this presumption and all sorts of absurd actions and ideas. So, you know, we're not going to come out of this process being perfect. We're not going to come out of this process with everything going our way, which is what I thought. If I'm a good girl, if I'm a good girl and I do all these things, everything's going to come out perfectly for me. So being still an experience, you know, we're, we're just learning this way of life. You know, we're not going to be also, we're going to, we're going to pay for this presumption all sorts of actions and ideas. You know, I'm going to make mistakes. You know, I heard recently, if we're not making mistakes, we're not doing the work. You know, because I'm inexperienced in this. And I don't know about your disease, but I'll tell you about mine. You know, when I was 27 years old before I came into this program, I had gotten to the point where I was living with my parents, sleeping in my holly hobby furniture I received in second grade, going to a job that I could barely make a living and coming home and just binging at night. There weren't a lot of challenges. There wasn't a lot of life to manage. It was me and my television set and some romance novels. That was all I had. You know, so as this, I grew in this program, I got a career, not just a job. I've got intimate relationships, not just acquaintances. I, as I began to receive all these gifts from God, as I began to accept all the gifts that God wanted to give me that I was blocking with the food, I had to learn how to be a grown-up. I had to learn how to live in this world as, as a grown-up. So, of course, I was going to make some absurd actions and ideas. Of course, I was going to be unsure. Of course, being so inexperienced not understanding how life really worked for people who didn't go into the food every time life got difficult. So this is the gift. I can make mistakes. I have a fellowship that I can go to that I can ask for advice. I can get still now and find quietness in God and ask for that inspiration. I can relax. I can take it easy. You know, I, I heard once that the difference, off, the difference between someone who's 40 years abstinence and someone who's 40 days abstinent 
if the person is 40 years absent, calls their sponsor faster. Because I now am humbled. This, this step has humbled me so that I understand that I don't know all the answers. And I don't need to know all the answers, thank you, God. I don't need to know all the answers. That I can go out into this world and I can practice these principles in all my affairs and I will never rise above being human so that I can get that opportunity to interact with God, with myself, and with my fellows, and I can learn. And that last line, we come to rely upon it. I am now reliant upon my higher power. And in that, I, all things are possible. But not to take myself so seriously. You know, I'm still inexperienced. I'm just making contrast contact with God. I'm not going to be inspired at all times. And I may pay for this presumption, all sorts of absurd actions and ideas. But in this program, in this lifelong program, it's not a theory we're going to live in. I am going to grow in understanding and effectiveness towards God. And I am going to experience a life that I never thought was possible when I was 27, living in my parents' house with my Holly Hobby furniture, with TV and romance novels. And that's it. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. I, too, would like to comment on this. It says, in thinking about our day, we may face indecision. So I'm giving thought. You know, I'm trying to um, transcend my intellect and be in a relationship that is immeasurable and indestructible. Much like, you know, uh, you know prior to recovery, um, I didn't check in. I didn't align myself with anything. I went through my day like one of those old-fashioned pinball machines where you pull back the spring and that metal ball is catapulted around the machinery and the lights are going and the bumpers are, you know, flashing and ding, 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 ding. Just a total reaction. That's all I was, was this ball reacting, hitting bumpers, hitting lights, ding, 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 bells and whistles going. There was no forethought. There was no preparation. You know, um, today there is spiritual preparation. We take a lot of time physically preparing ourselves. You know, we brush our teeth, we shower, uh, we, we're concerned about our hair or what clothing we're going to uh put on, you know, we have a lot of concern and and time spent with physical preparation. How am I going to present myself physically to the world? Well, the program of recovery is saying, hey, Leah, you need to take some time preparing spiritually because if you're connected with God, if you're aligned with God, then your thinking is going to be on a higher plane. And dear Leah, you don't live on an island by yourself. <laughs> you are interacting with individuals in a full, lively household constantly. So you better get properly prepared. It says we may not be able to determine which course to take. Again, the big book is implying here that there is a path for me. There is a path. I may just have to find my way back to it. I might not be able to determine which course to take because I'm in my intellect. But here we ask God for inspiration and intuitive thought or decision. Again, I'm checking in with my master, with my creator. I'm a loyal servant. I want to be disciplined. I want to be obedient. I want to check in. 
Now, in contrast to that uh, noisy bus that I described earlier with a bunch of personalities in my mind that are rowdy and unorganized, in contrast to that noise in the deepest part of me, in the last place I would have ever thought to look, the big book has given me an opportunity to discover a center of calm, an area of peace an area of joy, an area of serenity. It says we relax and take it easy. We don't struggle. See, God resides there in the deepest part of me, this inner unsuspected resource that resides there in each and every one of us. He always has resided there. I just didn't know it. I kept digging my fists into some bags and boxes thinking he might be in there. But this program of recovery allows this prayer meditation or techniques that allow my thinking to be elevated because all the problems I have, all the disharmony that I may engage with are problems that are coming from my thinking. So an absence of that thinking is serenity. An an absence of that thinking is an opportunity to relax and take it easy and not struggle. That's what serenity is, not struggling. It's not having all those thoughts that bother me all the time. So getting rid of them is the whole purpose of the program of recovery, to get rid of that negativity. The big book says that I'm going to be able to transcend that intellect and that surrounding noise and be and act on an intuitive level. And, of course, this will get better as I continue to practice it. I'll be able to be guided by a different radio signal, a radio signal which operates on a higher level, a higher power, not a lower power. So this meditation and prayer gives me an opportunity to allow God's spirit and God's life to encourage me. It says we are often surprised how the right answers come after we have tried this for a while. Meditation humbles me. It humbles me. And I'm able to contemplate and 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 bathe myself and and marinate my brain in God's greatness and in his glory and allow his spirit and his light to encourage me for the day ahead and to reassure me for the day ahead, to inspire me and to offer me that comfort, which I so desperately need. And with that, I pass. Anyone else like to comment on this paragraph before we close? It's Monica. Monica, your turn. Thank you, Leah. Good morning, Leah. Good morning, everyone. My name is Monica. I am a recovered compulsive overeater. I just want to say diddle diddle to what everybody's been saying before me here. I think you've taken all the anything I wanted, what I was going to say, but I'm sure I'll come up with something here. Step 11 here, and we're being given such great, great instructions once again. You know, 10, 11, and 12, how to live your life on a daily basis after you've gone through the process of cleaning your house. And now you're going to use these steps to keep your house clean on a daily level. And, it's, and the chapter here is into, into action. We're still into, into action here, and we're talking about step 11. So what's my action here with step 11? It's pausing. Taking a pause, asking God before I do anything. And like everyone says, you know, when you have gotten through the process and you've just gotten here to step 11, we're, you know, we're newbies. We're always newbies, but you're really a newbie at this point. And like it says, 
you know. Um, we might do some silly things or we think we're getting a message from God, but it's still our own thinking going on there. But as time goes on, the longer you've been in this process, the more and more it's, it's like what they're saying here in the book. We um, come to realize more and more that it's God, it's God, it's God. And when Monica starts and ends her day with prayer, and in, the mean, in, in between has prayers of gratitude and thoughts of thankfulness to God and questions and just telling them every now and then, you know, Monica's a little kind of crazy woman here and I need your help. You know, pausing and realizing and asking for it. I always get it. And it's always so amazing, this program. Just, I just awestruck how God works and how he continues to reveal more and more and more. It's just awesome. But I love these steps, 10 and 11 especially, because I have specific instructions being given to me here if I have something pop up. And this paragraph says, you know, we may have some indecision. We don't know what to do. So it's telling me what to do, Monica. Pause and think here. Ask God for inspiration, an intuitive thought, or a decision. And then relax. Take it easy. Let it go. Wait for the answer. You know, that's such a hard thing for Monica. Monica wants to blah, 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 blah all the time. And Monica constantly needs to remember to shut up and listen. And when I do, God speaks to me. I get, I get something that I need. And with that, I will pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Monica, and everybody else who shared this morning on the meeting. Thank you to everyone. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And I will ask Eddie, please, to read a vision for you. Good morning, all. This is Eddie in Virginia, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. Pass. Thank you.